Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, listeners. Before we start, let me just mention my podcast sponsor, and that's italki. They're the perfect service if you're interested in improving your spoken fluency in English. With italki, you can find qualified native speakers of English and arrange conversations or lessons whenever you want via Skype. They have thousands of teachers to choose from, and you can arrange classes around your schedule. The cool thing is that italki are offering you, my listeners, a free lesson. For all the details, visit teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, listeners. How are you doing today? This is Luke's English Podcast, episode 610, and it's called British Comedy James Acaster. In this one, we're going to listen to a lovely bit of stand-up comedy that will require quite a lot of breaking down in order for you to understand all the jokes like a native speaker. And there's lots to learn uh, in the way of language and culture in the process. So James Acaster is a popular stand-up comedian from the UK who's won various awards, done Netflix specials, Edinburgh shows, and who also appears on panel shows and TV comedy programs all the time. He's now a very popular and well-known stand-up in the UK. So I'd like to, if you don't know about him already, I'd like to introduce you to to James Acaster and uh, help you understand some of his comedy. So I've got a clip from one of his performances from a few years ago, actually, but it's one I found on YouTube, and it's a it's one that I like and I thought would be would be worth sharing. So the clip is from the New Zealand Comedy Gala in 2013, and it's on YouTube. So this is him uh, performing in New Zealand uh, six years ago. I think his his um, his style has changed a little bit in those six years. He's done so well in the last six years and become such a success. He's a lot more confident on stage these days, but it's basically the, st- the same kind of thing. A lot of the material he does is quite similar to the stuff he was doing six years ago. It's just now he does them with a bit more confidence. But still, I think it's uh, still a good clip for us to check out. So um, I'm going to play the video in about two parts because essentially this is about a seven-minute routine And um, there are two main parts, a a short little joke at the beginning, really, and then a longer sort of a story uh, in the second part. So we'll break it down into two parts. You just have to try and understand it the first time. So I'll play it the first time. You just have to try and understand it. So um, do you understand what he's talking about? Do you understand the jokes? Do you notice where the jokes are? Then I'll go back through each clip. I'll sum it up. And I'll go through it line by line, breaking it down for language so that you understand it just like a native speaker. And then you can listen again using the video, which you'll find on the page for this episode on my website, teacherluke.co.uk. So who is James Acaster? I should just say at the beginning a few things about him. 
James Acaster is an English comedian originally from Kettering in Northamptonshire. And you might be wondering about his accent. Well, I'll talk about his accent in a bit more detail in a moment. But he's from Kettering in Northamptonshire. Where is that? What kind of accent is that? I'll, I'll explain in a second. He's performed for several consecutive years at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe and won two Chortle Awards in 2015. He's been nominated for Best Show five times at the Edinburgh Fringe. Acaster has appeared on several panel shows, including Mock the Week and Would I Lie to You. He has a 2018 Netflix show called Repertoire, consisting of four hour-long stand-up comedy performances. He's also written a book, James Acaster's Classic Scrapes, consisting of true stories, most of which were originally told on Josh Widdicombe's show on XFM. He currently hosts panel show Hypothetical alongside Josh Widdicombe and food podcast Off Menu with fellow comedian Ed Gamble. There's a little tip for anyone wanting to listen to other podcasts in English. You could check out Off Menu with James Acaster and Ed Gamble. They talk about food. Yes. So, um, accent-wise, so he's originally from Northampton... <laughs> he's originally from Northamptonshire, which is in the East Midlands, just sort of to the east of Birmingham. He doesn't have a strong northern accent or brummy accent. He's all right, I'm James, James Acaster. He doesn't speak like that. Uh, although I do think he would say podcast instead of podcast which is a sort of a general uh, signifier of where you come from in the country. If you're from probably the Midlands and the North, you're going to say podcast. And if you're from the South, you'll probably say podcast. And that goes with other words as well. Basically, it's the difference between the R and A sounds. So, for example, I'm from the South, so I say podcast. But if you're from, I mean, I'm partly from the Midlands too, but I never really picked up the accent. But if you're from the Midlands or the North, you would say podcast. It's the same. I would say bath, and in the North, it's bath. I'd say grass. In the North, it's grass. I say laugh. In the North, it would be laugh uh, with a short A sound. Um, But uh, yeah, James A. Caster would probably say bath and grass and laugh and podcast. Uh, But the main thing with his voice and his accent. He doesn't have a very strong Midlands accent, really. The main thing is that he drops all of his T sounds, well, in the middle of words, and his TH sounds as well at the beginning of words. So, for example, bring bring them sounds like bring them. Okay? Bring them sounds like bring them. So he doesn't do the. And this is very common. It's not just him. It's very, very, very common. He's just like a normal, ordinary speaker of English from England. Uh, he doesn't kind of, um, he's not like an English teacher sort of making an effort to present the perfect version of the language. He just speaks like everyone actually speaks. Other examples, sitting in a tree, eating all the apples, sounds like sitting in a tree, eating all the apples. See the way he drops his T's in the middle of sentences? The word theft, so that's a th sound, becomes theft, theft. That's theft, not that's theft. And also, he says rather, rather than rather. So he's saying rather instead of rather. So th either gets dropped, so uh, bring them becomes bring them, or um, th in the middle of a word might become v, like, um, I don't know, feather might become feather. 
and uh, T sounds in the middle of words are dropped. So bottle, sitting, water, and things like that. These are all very common features of local English. Dropping T's and TH sounds is common all over the country. Okay, it's totally standard and normal these days. Let's talk about his comedy. What is his comedy style? Well, um, here are some words that you could use to describe James Acaster's comedy, as you'll see. Uh, Whimsical is one. Whimsical. W-H-I-M-S-I-C-A-L. Whimsical. Which means kind of strange, unusual, and yet amusing. Kind of a bit weird. um, And whimsical often is about sort of looking at the world in a slightly strange and weird way, but in an amusing way. It's kind of slightly weird, slightly surreal and and amusing. Thoughtful, so he obviously sort of thinks about uh, everything very deeply, which is quite common with comedians because often they look at the world and decide to make observations and things about it in ways that people haven't previously put into words. So comedians usually have to be quite thoughtful. Uh, but So that's normal. Uh, thinking of things in a different way, in an unconventional way, which is quite normal in stand-up. He's a bit weird. He's a bit sort of strange. Uh, sometimes he acts like he's cool, but he's totally not cool on the face of it. For example, he's quite geeky looking. He wears like woolen sweaters. He even kind of wears clothes that a granddad might wear. Kind of woolen sweaters, sensible trousers, sensible shoes. Looks like he dresses in his granddad's clothes. He's got kind of gingerish hair and he looks a bit like Jarvis Cocker. You know, I don't know if you know who Jarvis Cocker is. He was the singer in a, a band called Pulp and was a sort of a, an icon of kitsch, um, um, uncool yet cool style. Um, so James Acaster is more like the kind of unconventional, slightly weird person that, that you would see that's not like the kind of person who would... Hmm. Like a, not a totally normal person who you would see in all the most normal situations. He's a bit weird and a bit alternative, let's say. So, let's get to the comedy. And there are two parts to this. The first part is very short. The second part's a bit longer. So, the first part that we're going to listen to, I've decided to call it this. James bought some ready-to-eat apricots. Actually, and the second part is that he went on a lad's night out. So the first thing, he's, he, he bought some apricots. And then the second part will be that he went on a lad's night out. I'll explain what a lad's night out is in a moment. But what about ready-to-eat apricots? So in the UK, it's quite normal to get, and you're probably in your countries too, um, you get, it's quite normal to buy bags of fruit in the supermarket uh, and the fruit is ready to eat. You can just eat it straight out of the bag. So you don't need to cut it up. You don't need to peel it. You don't need to wash it. It's just ready to eat. Okay? It's been cut up, washed, prepared. It's ready to eat. So it, they are ready to eat apricots. So ready to eat becomes a sort of an adjective. Okay? You could hyphenate it. Ready hyphen to hyphen eat. Ready to eat. What kind of apricots are they? They are ready to eat apricots. You see the way it works like an adjective. Uh, For example, you might get ready to eat apricots from the supermarket. And that's what James is talking about here. And there's also the expression, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. Have you heard that expression? Um, It's usually used by people who are 
trying to encourage someone to eat healthily. So they say you are what you eat, meaning um, uh, if you eat unhealthy food, then you kind of become unhealthy yourself. If you eat good, healthy food, you become healthy yourself. So you are what you eat is a common phrase. I don't know if you have a similar phrase in your language, but in English, you are what you eat is one of them. There'll be several phrases, several common phrases coming up in this episode. You are what you eat is one of them. By the way, at the end of the episode, I'll go through a list of vocab and just sort of recap the vocab that's going to be coming up in this episode. It'll be recapped later. I've got, actually, I've got a list here of loads of things. Let me just go through them now, just to give you a heads up, and then I'll go through them again at the end. So we've got ready-to-eat apricots. You are what you eat. Uh, The concept of a resealable bag, a bag that you can open and and seal again. Uh, Then we've got a lad's night out. What's that? On a lad's night out, someone might say this, ooh, check out the arse on that. What does that mean? I'll come to it in a moment. Big time. What's what does that mean? Like, oh yeah, I I, I eat apricots big time. Um, to perv, perving. What does that mean? These are all words that will come up in this episode. Uh, to outnumber someone, uh, sinister, a dented suitcase, to cheat on someone, an accessory like an accessory to murder, uh, an orchard. Fit birds, eloquent use of language, a bit miffed, uh, this godforsaken pisshole of an orchard, who in their right mind compares women to apples, and an apple a day keeps the doctor away, which is another another saying I, I'm going to write here, another saying, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Have you ever heard that one? Well, anyway, those are words that, and phrases that will come up during the course of the episode. So watch out for those things. I'll be explaining them as we go along. Right now, it's time for me to get the video ready. So I just need to prepare that here with my phone. This guy is, is fresh to New Zealand from the UK. Ladies and gentlemen, James Acaster. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Good to see you. Uh, so, uh, recently started eating apricots. <laughs> 28 years old, never eaten apricots before. Uh, I don't know how long you guys left it. <laughs> Bought some ready-to-eat apricots the other day, so I'm trying to be more healthy. Uh, they say you are what you eat, which is true, because as soon as I bought the ready-to-eat apricots, I was ready to eat apricots. <laughs> Those ready-to-eat apricots, they came in a resealable bag as well, because uh, not everyone's as ready-to-eat apricots as they think they are. <laughs> Maybe next time they'll be ready to eat some apricots. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop there. That was the first part about apricots. So, did you get it? Did you get the joke? I mean, it's not necessarily uh, knock, you, knock you sideways hilariously funny, this is mainly about learning English, isn't it, this podcast? But if you find it funny, then that's kind of a happy side effect. Also, I will be dissecting the frog in this episode. Most of you will know what that means, but some of you won't. So dissecting the frog, that means basically, you know, the old saying, uh, explaining a joke is like dissecting a frog. 
you know, cutting up a frog. Explaining a joke is like dissecting a frog. It's possible to learn something from it, but the frog dies in the process and potentially the jokes will die in the process as well. So what's that was just about one minute. What's James Acaster saying about apricots? It's mainly a simple joke about the word ready to eat apricots. Okay. So the, 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 um, the apricots are apricots are ready to eat apricots. It really, it should be ready to be eaten, shouldn't it? I suppose. So let's let's let me explain that again. So, what kind of apricots are these? They're ready to eat apricots. How do you feel? I feel ready. I feel ready to eat apricots. Okay, so you are what you eat. You are what you eat. I bought some ready to eat apricots and. You are what you eat, so I was ready to eat apricots. You see, see the joke? See what he did there? Maybe you, you're not ready to eat apricots. Maybe you just want some, which is why they're in a resealable bag. So they should be named, they should be renamed ready to eat some apricots. Like you're not ready to eat all the apricots, you're just ready to eat some of them. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not the cleverest stuff in the world, but I like it. Um, I think it's cute. And the next bit, is better. It goes into more detail. But let me just play that bit about apricots again. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Good to see you. Uh, so, uh... so his his whole persona is kind of awkward and a bit weird. Like he comes out in his sweater and he's like, "Thanks very much." Just something. There's something weird, but funny and charming about it so then he just goes straight in with i just started i recently started eating apricots which is quite a strange thing to say but when you think about it i don't know what it's like in your country maybe everyone's eating apricots all the time but in the uk we have certain fruits that everyone eats all the time and they you start eating them when you're a little child and that would be bananas and apples mostly oranges things like that maybe grapefruit a bit later but those are fruits are ones that everyone eats from very early on and they're just the standard fruits then you've got apricots which you can get in the supermarkets but for some reason they're slightly more specialist or not everyone eats them and they're the kind of fruit that you would probably eat later on you discover them in adulthood and start eating them then you see so uh it's actually quite a specific uh, reference point and quite a good observation that he said I've recently started a- eating apricots what is it 28 years or something 28 years old never eaten apricots before uh, I don't know how long you guys left it it's quite a specific little joke 28 years old never eaten apricots before I don't know how long you guys left it so he's assuming that uh, the audience it you know it they sort of started eating apricots relatively later in their lives which i suppose basically is a bit of observational comedy which is that we don't eat apricots until later on usually in our lives usually until we're adults then we kind of you have to make a decision to i think i'm going to buy some apricots uh, today so um interesting little observation i don't know how long it took you to start eating apricots started eating apricots 28 years old, never eaten apricots before. Uh, I don't know how long you guys left it. (laughs) For some reason, he does a lot of stand-up material about fruit and veg. 
Um, you'll notice that if you see any of his other work, that there's a lot of stuff about fr- different types of fruit and vegetables and things. Why not? Let's keep going. In fact, next we've got the lad's night out. Well, he, he wait, he does the uh, apricot thing first, doesn't he? Bought some ready-to-eat apricots the other day, so I'm trying to be more healthy. Uh, they say you are what you eat, which is true, because as soon as I bought the ready-to-eat apricots, I was ready-to-eat apricots. <laughs> It's a nice little joke. Those ready-to-eat apricots, they came in a resealable bag as well, because not everyone's as ready-to-eat apricots as they think they are. (laughs) Maybe next time they'll be ready to eat some apricots. (laughs) Okay, nice little word jokes. Next is James's story about how he went on on a night out with a bunch of lads. Lads, a lads' night out. Now, do you know what that would involve? What is a lads' night out? Lads are basically young men. And a lads' night out would be a night out with a bunch of lads who are all friends, all mates with each other. And they go to probably a few bars in town, maybe a club or something. And it would involve a lot of drinking, so heavy drinking, a lot of kind of um, immature, competitive slightly aggressive behavior a lot of peer pressure uh chatting up girls generally sort of um irresponsible behavior inappropriate things being said and done lots of drunkenness and drinking and um horrible basically a lad's night out is a horrible horrible thing i can't stand it every now and then i have to do it depending on the situation you always end up on a lad's night out and you end up going to some ghastly bar or some horrible club and just surrounded by the kinds of people I really don't want to spend any time with in a place that plays incredibly loud music. I know I sound so old right now, but I've always felt like this. Even when I was younger, I've always hated this kind of thing. So, for for James Acaster, going on a lad's night out was not an enjoyable night, and it wouldn't be for me either. I've never been one of those guys who likes to go out on a lad's night out. So let me explain in a bit more detail what a lad's night out uh, is like, okay? So lads are usually English young men together doing male things and generally being aggressive, overly sexual, crude, rude, and competitive. Lads, 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 lads. Right? So we're talking about things like lots of alpha male behavior, a lot of sort of dominant, sexual, competitive uh, behavior on the part of these men. Heavy drinking, Tons of drinking. So you go to some place, everyone's buying rounds of drinks, you've got to buy drinks for everyone, and then someone starts to buy shots, and you suddenly have to drink all these horrible shots, and you get disgustingly drunk, and uh, it's horrible. And you can't sort of say, no thanks, no thanks, I think I'll just have a glass of water. You can't do that, because uh, the peer pressure is overwhelming, and you have to drink these shots and these horrible cocktails and things like that. Uh, Taking the piss... That means making fun of each other. It's just normal when you're with lads. We're just taking the piss. General one-upmanship. So kind of trying to beat the others. Aggressive, laddish, competitive behaviour. Spending time in bars and clubs that you hate, but they think are brilliant. And that means terrible, terrible music. Awful people. Loud, smelly and horrible. 
trying to pick up girls and the general lack of a moral code. So that means things like cheating, lying, using alcohol, all in an attempt to get lucky with a girl. And this includes cheating on your girlfriend if you have one. So lads are, you know, these sorts of alpha male lads when they're out on a lad's night out. Yeah, there's probably going to be infidelity going on, cheating on girlfriends and things, but the lads are supposed to keep the secret. If one of the lads does something they shouldn't have done, all the other lads keep it secret. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, that kind of thing. Medieval level sexual politics, basically just old-fashioned sexism, being openly judgmental about women's appearances, giving women marks out of 10, saying whether or not you would shag any of the women around. To shag is to have sex with someone. Um, Looking at their bodies and comparing notes. Check out the arse on that, for example. And you get sucked into it through peer pressure and you become part of it even though you hate it. That's a lad's night out. Lads, 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 lads. Oh, God. Oh. So, James A. Caster goes on a lad's night out. I don't know how he ended up going on a lad's night out, but he, he, he did. It happens to all of us. It could be a stag do or something like that. And one of the lads who's there, who has a girlfriend and yet plans to pick up a girl at the club. So they're at a club and there are lots of girls there. But this one guy, guy his name's Ribo. So lads have always got like ridiculous nicknames, right? Like uh, there's always like Dave and Badger and Ribo and uh, Egg and stuff like that they've always got these stupid laddish nicknames so ribo has got a girlfriend but he wants to pick up one of the girls at the club and when he's asked why he didn't bring his girlfriend why didn't you bring your girlfriend ribo his answer is well you wouldn't bring an apple to an orchard you wouldn't bring an apple to an orchard an orchard is a place where you grow apples it's got loads and loads of apple trees it's like a farm for apples. Tons of apple trees everywhere. Apples growing on all the trees. And every now and then, you, when they're ready, when they're ripe, you go and collect them in baskets and then you can sell them. So that's an orchard. It's a place where apples are grown. So, you know, why didn't you bring your girlfriend to the nightclub, Ribo? Well, you wouldn't bring an apple to an orchard. So, as I said, an orchard is a place where apples are grown. It's full of trees and there are apples everywhere. You might pay to access the orchard and pick the apples. But you wouldn't bring an apple to an orchard presumably because you wouldn't need to bring one because there are loads there anyway. That's the analogy. So if you wouldn't bring an apple to an orchard, but how about bringing your girlfriend to a nightclub? Is it the same thing? According to Ribo, it is the same thing. And this leads James to kind of question the logic of that statement and to go off on a monologue about bringing an apple to an orchard and how that compares to bringing your girlfriend to a nightclub. And the idea is that it's He's basically, without it being really obvious, he's talking about how much he hates Lad's Nights Out and how much he basically hates Ribo and the things he says and the things he stands for. And so this is James, in his quiet way, deconstructing and making fun of the whole culture of the Lad's Night Out and what Ribo said. There's a little bit of vocab in, in advance. One thing is to be an accessory to something. Like if you're an accessory to a robbery... That means that you helped the robbery to to happen. Like maybe you were someone who worked in the bank and who uh, disabled the security system. 
So maybe you didn't actually take the money yourself, but you allowed the robbers to do it, like you were part of the the plan. So you were an accessory to the robbery. Similarly, if you're an accessory to murder, it means you didn't actually murder the person, but you somehow were involved in the murder. Like maybe you were there, you helped to dispose of the body, something like that. So to be an accessory to something. And then the, the, the phrase, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. I don't know if you have a similar phrase in your language, but in English, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. It's basically a way of saying, if you eat an apple every day, it'll, you'll stay healthy and you'll never go to see the doctor. Okay, right. So I'm now going to play the clip, um, the rest of the clip. And this is about five minutes worth, I think. It's about five minutes. So I'm just going to let you listen to about five minutes of James Acaster talking about his lad's night out and you wouldn't bring an apple to an orchard. Your job is just to try and follow it. Do you understand all the comedy about the nightclub and the whole analogy of bringing an apple to an orchard and uh, whether or not that would be a good or bad idea and how James feels about the whole lad's night out that he's on? When we've finished listening, I will stop and explain it all and break it all down for you properly. Okay, so here we go. This will surprise a lot of you. Um, Recently, I went on a lad's night out. I was proper invited. They're proper lads as well, real lads. Like, they didn't want to talk about apricots. They're proper... Give you an idea what kind of lads these were. I couldn't get more than 30 seconds without one of them coming up to me and going, oh, James, 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 James. Check out the arse on that, mate. Mm. Oh. I didn't want to. I didn't want to check out the arse on that. Not because I've never looked at a bum before. I have, big time. I don't want to do it with them. Do you see the difference? Normal people perv solo. You've all looked at someone before and thought, oh, she's got a nice bum, he's got an attractive bulge, right? It's, it's not weird, it's not a group activity. Once you outnumber them, that's when it becomes sinister. And it was all fun and games until one of the lads, a lad named Ribo, a rectangular beast looked like a dented suitcase, he went out, ended up cheating on his girlfriend. Now, some of you would have been in groups of people before. You've been on a night out. One of you's cheated. It's horrible. Now, you're all an accessory. You all know about it. You know, keep it a secret amongst yourselves to protect the most despicable member of the group. It's bullshit. And he knew what he was doing. It wasn't an accident. Because earlier that night, when a nightclub, one of the lads turned to him and went, Oh, Ribo, did you not want to bring your girlfriend out with you this evening? And he went, No. Take a look around you. So many fit birds in this nightclub. And you wouldn't bring an apple to an orchard, would you? (laughs) Now, when you think about it, that's actually pretty clever. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, moments ago, right, we were in a nightclub right, surrounded by women. Now, thanks to Ribo's eloquent use of language, we've been transported. <laughs> into an orchard. Surrounded by apples. And when you're in an orchard surrounded by apples... The rules are very different. <laughs> it's all right for Ribo to sit in a tree and help himself to apple after apple. 
doesn't matter that he's got an apple sitting in the fruit bowl at home. What do you guys want him to do? Eat one apple for the rest of his life? That's disgusting. <laughs> Meanwhile, the rest of us, we're walking around the orchard. And to be honest, the main reason why we came to the orchard tonight is because we don't have apples. So we've come to the place where the apples are, hoping to find an apple we like. We're a little bit miffed as to why Ribo, who we know fully well already has an apple of his own, is sitting in the trees eating all the fucking apples. The only reason why the rest of us would never bring an apple to an orchard because if we were lucky enough to have an apple, we'd much rather stay at home with that apple in front of the telly than spend one more night in this godforsaken pisshole of an orchard. <laughs> it's an awful place. Some of us have been here for five years. I hate climbing trees in the dark. <laughs> Some of these apples haven't even been washed, mate. What is the matter with you? <laughs> Who in their right mind even compares women to apples in the first place? Those two things aren't even remotely interchangeable. A woman a day does not keep the doctor away. In fact, it's going to increase your chance of seeing a doctor, right? And not for the reason you're thinking, not because of STDs, because if you do sleep with a different woman every single day for the rest of your life, sooner or later, you're going to end up sleeping with a GP. That's statistics. And guess what? I looked into it. If you do bring an apple to an orchard, no one gives a shit. Not an issue. No one goes, who's the prick with the apple? It's fine. It's also fine to bring your girlfriend to a nightclub. It's actually quite nice. If you're feeling romantic, bring your girlfriend to an orchard. Have a lovely little walk. Don't bring an apple to a nightclub. That's the only one... (laughs) ...of the four that is weird. No one's going to dance with you if you're there just... At the moment, he's miming, dancing with an apple in his hand. <laughs> Looks ridiculous. It's fine, mate. Bring an apple to an orchard. You know what they don't like you doing in an orchard? Genuinely, they don't like it if you do sit in a tree eating all the apples because they've got a business to uphold and that is theft. <laughs> what Advavia did is pick the apples you want, then go and get them weighed, then pay for them, and then take them home and eat them. So if you are in an orchard and you want to eat an apple while you're there, you're actually best off bringing your own. <laughs> then you won't get in trouble. If anything, his motto should be, you should always bring an apple to an orchard. <laughs> I'm aware it gets a little bit tense during that last bit. just want to point out before I go, when I was saying about paying for the apples a minute ago, that was literally about apples. We weren't... <laughs> Don't want any of you coming up to me after the show going, you weigh them. <laughs> Good dogs. Oh, you've been an absolute joy. I'll see you later. Right. Okay, so that was James Acaster there talking about lads night out and you wouldn't bring an apple to an orchard. Now, all of that really was kind of um, him questioning the logic of the analogy of bringing your girlfriend to a nightclub being similar to bringing an apple to an orchard and kind of going through the logic the internal logic of it did you get it let me kind of explain a little bit and then we'll go through it um, line by line so going to a nightclub with a bunch of lads one of them cheats on his girlfriend which is terrible because when one of one of you cheats 
on their girlfriend, the others have to keep the secret. So everyone becomes an accessory to the crime. It's like you've been dragged into a crime. Um, it's like a crime, and now you've become pulled into it. You're involved in it without intending to be. And you could go down like you're an accessory to a crime. I quite like the idea, which is kind of how it feels when you've been dragged into this lad's night out and one person commits an infidelity and suddenly you feel like you're part of it because you've got to keep the secret and it's nothing to do with you. So this lad says, Ribo says, well, you wouldn't bring an apple to an orchard. But then James deconstructs this analogy in a brilliant way. So this is um, nuanced comedy, with, which is subtly making fun of stupid lad culture in a clever and funny way with some weirdness and surrealism. Let me go through it line by l- line. Go through it line by line. I write on the website. Okay, let's go through it line by line then. Ooh, there's about seven, no, about five minutes worth of this. So I've got to go to the beginning again. This will surprise a lot of you. Uh- this will surprise a lot of you. The fact that he went on a lad's night out is surprising because of his appearance. He doesn't look like one of these lads. It looks like more of a sort of stay-at-home, read-a-book type person. Um, recently, I went on a lad's night out. <laughs> a lad's night out. Can you hear the, the, the T's dropping? Not a lad's night out, night out, but a lad's night out. I, I was proper invited. I was proper invited. I mean, which is, again, sort of colloquial English, but... Uh, I was properly invited. I was proper invited. Okay? Meaning he was actually invited to a lad's night out. Uh, proper lads as well. Real lads. Like, they didn't want to talk about apricots. Proper lads. Real lads. They didn't want to talk about apricots. Which is a pity, because uh, talking about apricots is usually a lot more fun than just going, Oi, check out the arse on that. Oi. I'd rather sit at home and talk about apricots, to be honest. No, proper give you an idea what kind of lads these were I couldn't go more than 30 seconds without one of them coming up to me I couldn't go more than 30 seconds without one of them coming up to me so it's basically every 30 seconds one of them came up to him and said check out the arse on that and going oh, James, 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 James check out the arse on that mate Check out the arse on that is basically like saying, look at that girl's arse. Whee! James, oh, James, 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 James. Check out the arse on that. Um, so he couldn't go, th- that's, that's how much these were proper lads, that they kept kind of saying things like that. What kind of lads these were, I couldn't go more than 30 seconds, like one of them coming up to me and going, oh, James, 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 James. Check out the arse on that, mate. I didn't want to. You didn't want to? I want to check out the arse on that. Not because I never looked at a bum before. I have, big time. So I didn't want to check out the arse on that. Not because I've never looked at a bum before. I have, big time. So if you say big time like that, it's like saying a lot or in a big way. So he has checked out women's bums before, big time. But the difference is he believes that's something you should do on your own. It shouldn't be a group activity. (laughs) I don't want to do it with them. Do you see the difference? (laughs) Normal people perv solo. (laughs) 
to perv. Well, do you know what the word pervert is? A pervert is like someone who's interested in weird sex. Is that right? Pervert. A person whose sexual behaviour is regarded as abnormal and unacceptable. Okay. But to perv is basically to look at someone in a sexual way like, ooh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> Makes me feel like Alan Partridge all of a sudden. Oh, look at her chest. Uh, oh, I'd like to have it off with her. That's Alan Partridge perving at women. But um, what was it? Uh, yeah, normal people perv solo. So if you do check out someone in a sexual way, you'll do it sort of discreetly on your own. You'll perv solo rather than doing it in a group, which is weird. <laughs> I don't want to do it with them. Do you see the difference? (laughs) Normal people perv solo. (laughs) You've all looked at someone before and thought, oh, she's got a nice bum, he's got an attractive bulge. Right? It's it's not weird, it's not a group activity. (laughs) Once you outnumber them, that's when it becomes sinister. Once you outnumber them, that's when it becomes sinister. To outnumber... um, uh, someone is basically when there's more of you than that person so if for example there's a girl uh, who people are perving at and uh, it's when the, there are more lads than the girl so the the lads outnumber the girl okay so as soon as you outnumber the, them it becomes sinister so basically perving or looking at someone when there's a group of you that's sinister sinister is basically sort of Potentially harmful, evil, uh, threatening, menacing, um, disturbing. That's sinister. Okay. And it was all fun and games until one of the lads, a lad named Ribo, a rectangular beast looked like a dented suitcase. Ribo was a, a rectangular beast. A beast is like the word you would use to describe a sort of nondescript wired, wild animal. He was a, a a rectangular beast, so his shape is rectangular somehow. Uh, it looked like a dented suitcase. A dented suitcase. If you punched a suitcase, you'd get a dent in it. Similarly, if you bump your car against another car, it'll it'll have a dent in it. So he looked like a dented suitcase, Ribo. So kind of big, broad, square, basic. He went out. Ended up cheating on his girlfriend. Now, some of you would have... So, Ribo went out and he ended up cheating on his girlfriend, which means that he slept with someone else. You've been in groups of people before. You've been on a night out. One of you's cheated. It's horrible. Now, you're all an accessory. Right. It's when one person cheats and you're all an accessory. You're all somehow involved in, in the crime. You all know about it. and Keep it a secret amongst yourselves to protect the most despicable member of the group. It's bullshit. And you knew what he was doing. It wasn't an accident. Because earlier that night, we were in a nightclub... One of the lads turned to him and went, Oh, Ribo, did you not want to bring your girlfriend out with you this evening? And he went, No. Take a look around you. So many fit birds in this nightclub. And you wouldn't bring an apple to an orchard, would you? (laughs) Now, when you think about it, that's actually pretty clever. 
don't know if you remember moments ago, right? We were in a nightclub right, surrounded by women. Now, thanks to Ribo's eloquent use of language, we've been transported. Previously, we were in a nightclub, and now, thanks to Ribo's eloquent use of language, eloquent uh, basically um, means sort of articulate, being able to use uh, language in a fluent, persuasive manner. Um, so thanks to Ribo's eloquent use of language, we've been transported to an orchard. <laughs> He's kind of making fun of Ribo. <laughs> Into an orchard. Surrounded by apples. And when you're in an orchard surrounded by apples, the rules are very different. It's all right for Ribo to sit in a tree and help himself to apple after apple. It doesn't matter that he's got an apple sitting in the fruit bowl at home. What do you guys want him to do? Eat one apple for the rest of his life? That's disgusting. <laughs> Meanwhile, the rest of us... So, so he's kind of like taking on Ribo's point of view there by saying the rules are different when you're in an orchard. You can, it's, it's fine for Ribo to sit in a tree eating all the apples, even when he's got an apple at home uh, in a bowl... Um, so obviously there's the analogy with, uh, um, having a girlfriend at home and having an apple when you're in an orchard, but what's going on here? He's kind of making fun of Ribo's statement. We're walking around the orchard and to be honest, the main reason why we came to the orchard tonight is because we don't have apples. <laughs> so we've come to the place where the apples are, hoping to find an apple we like. We're a little bit miffed as to why Ribo, who we know fully well already has an apple of his own, is sitting in the trees eating all the fucking apples. We're a bit miffed. If you're miffed, it means you're annoyed, you're pissed off. So we're, we're a bit miffed as to, you know, why the fact that we uh, are looking for apples, Ribo is here, and we know full well that he's got an apple of his own at home, and he's here eating all the fucking apples. The only reason why the rest of us would never bring an apple to an orchard because if we were lucky enough to have an apple, we'd much rather stay at home with that apple in front of the telly than spend one more night in this godforsaken pisshole of an orchard. <laughs> it's an awful place. Some of us have been here for five years. I hate climbing. God, a godforsaken pisshole of an orchard. Really, he means a godforsaken pisshole of a nightclub. Um, the only reason they're there is, is to pick up a girl. The only reason they've come to the orchard is, to, is because they don't have an apple at home. They'd, he'd much rather stay at home with his apple uh, watching TV uh, than spend any more time in this godforsaken pisshole of an orchard or nightclub, in fact. Godforsaken means that God has kind of like um, given up on it or forgotten about it. And a pisshole is a hole that presumably is full of piss. It's a good, rude word for describing a terrible place, right? It's an absolute pisshole. It's a, good, it's a good phrase, even though it's rude. We also have shithole as well, like a really awful place. Imagine a, like the worst pub in town. You can say it's an absolute pisshole. It's an absolute shithole, meaning a really horrible place that you don't want to spend any time in. Rude words, but good words. Sometimes the rude words are the good words, aren't they? So I'll just wake up my phone. Okay. I'm in trees in the dark. <laughs> Some of these apples haven't even been washed, mate. What is the matter with you? <laughs> Who in 
their right mind even compares women to apples in the first place. Those two things aren't even remotely interchangeable. A woman a day does not keep the doctor away. I think this is clear, isn't it? It's still like uh, going with the analogy of women and apples. A woman, a woman a day does not keep the doctor away. Going back to that phrase, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. A woman a day doesn't keep the doctor away. And he's saying, but eventually you will see a doctor, but not because of STDs, not because you're going to, if you sleep with a woman every day, you will catch a sex- sexually transmitted disease and then you'll have to go and see the doctor. But that's not what he means. He means that if you do sleep with a different woman every day, eventually uh, you will end up sleeping with a GP. A GP is a general practitioner or a doctor. So a woman a day doesn't keep the doctor away because eventually um, you're going to end up seeing a, 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 a woman who's a doctor. In fact, it's going to increase your chance of seeing a doctor, right? And not for the reason you're thinking, not because of STDs, because if you do sleep with a different woman every single day for the rest of your life, sooner or later you're going to end up sleeping with a GP. That's statistics. And guess what? I looked into it. If you do bring an apple to an orchard, no one gives a shit. <laughs> Not an issue. No one gives a shit, meaning no one cares. Yeah. No one goes, who's the prick with the apple? It's fine. It's also fine to bring your girlfriend to a nightclub. It's actually quite nice. If you're feeling romantic, bring your girlfriend to an orchard. Have a lovely little walk. Don't bring an apple to a nightclub. That's the only one... Of the four, that is weird. No one's going to dance with you if you're there, just... There he is dancing with his apple again. No one's going to dance with you if you're doing that. It's fine, mate. To bring an apple to an orchard. You know what they don't like you doing in an orchard, genuinely. They don't like it if you do sit in a tree eating all the apples, because they've got a business to uphold, and that is theft. <laughs> so, yes, they don't actually like it if you go to an orchard and sit there drinking, uh, drinking, eating all the apples because they've got a business to uphold. What I'd rather you did is pick the apples you want, then go and get them weighed, then pay for them, and then take them home and eat them. So if you are in an orchard and you want to eat an apple while you're there, you're actually best off bringing your own. <laughs> so it turns out that actually you should bring an apple to an orchard because if you want to eat an apple while you're in the the orchard is better if you bring your own because otherwise you know you're expected to pick them weigh them pay for them but if you want to eat an apple while you're doing it the best idea is to actually bring your own so in fact you would bring an apple to an orchard anyway <laughs> then you won't get in trouble if anything his motto should be you should always bring an apple to an orchard where it gets a little bit tense during that last bit. I just want to point out before I go, when I was saying about paying for the apples a minute ago, apple to an orchard. He said, I'm, I'm aware it gets a little bit tense. I'm aware it gets a little bit tense during that last bit. I'm, I'm aware it gets a little bit tense during that last bit because he's talking about weighing and paying for apples, which he's been previously comparing to women. So is that like weighing women and then paying for them? Hmm? I just want to point out before I go, when I was saying about paying for the apples a minute ago, that was literally about apples. We weren't... 
Don't want any of you coming up to me after the show going, you weigh them. <laughs> Good day. Oh, you've been an absolute joy. I'll see you later. To be fair, that is where the analogy breaks down, isn't it? That uh, paying for apples is totally normal and weighing them and then paying, them, paying for them based on their weight is normal. But obviously, you shouldn't really do that with women or any human beings. Okay, so that was James Acaster's stand-up set from the New Zealand Comedy Gala in 2013. And I just broke it down line by line. What did you think of that? One of the reasons I like it is that a lot of people might just say that James is being weird and that he's some sort of loser. Uh, You know, his whole position of not going to, not liking lads' nights out or you know, his position on um, the laddish behaviour. But he's absolutely right, in my opinion, and he's just clever and not afraid to be himself. And he embraces the slightly weird things in life because, let's face it, life is weird. So types of humour and how nuanced and subtle humour can all be about changing the context of the situation in order to reveal new perspectives, which is a cool thing about comedy is that you can just take a situation, change the context of it in order to reveal new perspectives. So questioning the logic of you never bring an apple to an orchard and using that as a way of basically criticising the whole laddish culture. I like that. This acknowledges the fact that there are many different perspectives or layers to any situation. And a good comedian can make you realise a whole different underlying meaning by just changing one bit of perspective. It's basically like the idea of looking at a situation and sort of questioning it and revealing all of those weird things that we've all thought that we've but we've never put into words observational comedy is set essentially so despite the fact that i like this a lot and so do many other people i'm sure plenty of others don't find it funny because it's not fast enough there aren't enough dynamic changes for example he doesn't change his voice a lot a lot of the jokes are left to the audience's imagination he's pretty low energy maybe little things like 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 that like, you know, I just can't get into it. I just don't like his haircut or his shoes or something, which is what some people are bound to think. And also some people just don't really want to look at the world from a different point of view, I think. Some people prefer more direct humour, perhaps with a more obvious target or more relatable things like observational comedy or something. But if you're the type of person who is like James, the more the, the sort of person who's a bit strange, who would rather stay in and read a book and who hates the idea of the lad's night out, um, and in fact disagrees with the whole c- logic of that culture, then maybe James Acaster is the sort of thing that you would like. As usual, I'm worrying that no one listening to this will get it. But what's the point of me worrying about that? Some people just won't get it because, you know, some people will get it, some people won't get it, and there's not really anything I can do about it. Because as they say, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. I'm sure I've expressed that idea before. You can bring a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So I can, you know, do my best to introduce this kind of comedy to you, but I can't necessarily guarantee that you're going to dig it. And it doesn't matter if you don't find it funny. That's totally fine. At least you've learned some English in the process. Talking of English that we've had, let me go through that vocab list again. The one that I read out at the beginning. So we've got ready to eat apricots. These apricots are ready to eat. And I am also ready to eat apricots. They say, you are what you eat. Um, A resealable bag. A bag that's resealable. A lad's night out. Check out the arse on that, you might say, if you are a lad on a lad's uh, night out. And you're pointing at some hapless girl's uh, rear end. 
you might say to a friend, check out the arse on that. Big time. Like, check out the arse on that. Yeah, I have already. Big time. Meaning I have a lot. Normal people perv solo, actually. To perv, to perv at someone, or just generally perving. To outnumber someone. Okay, so when uh, the number of people perving at the person outnumbers that person, then it becomes uh, sinister, like menacing, threatening, weird, dark. A dented suitcase, dented. So where, like, the suitcase has been hit or punched and there's a bit that goes in. Similarly, if a car bumps into a wall or something, the door of the car could be dented. Um, To cheat on someone. So if you've got a girlfriend at home, but you sleep with someone else, that is cheating. That's to cheat on someone. It also works if it's a boyfriend. (laughs) An accessory to something. Um, For example... An accessory to murder, uh, to a crime, is someone who is somehow involved in the crime. They didn't actually directly do it, but maybe they are withholding evidence or they were there and they just generally helped. Uh, thanks for being so helpful with the uh, the murder today. Really good job. Thank you. Um, despicable. Despicable is basically um, like terrible, deserving of contempt and hatred. Someone who's despicable is someone that we should hate. Mm-hmm. So what was it that's despicable? Uh, that's it. It's like, what? Sitting in a tree, eating all the apples is despicable. I can't remember exactly what it was. An orchard, a place where apples are grown. Fit birds. Birds meaning girls. And fit meaning sexually attractive. Fit birds. Oh, loads of fit birds in here. Check out the arse on that. For example... Eloquent use of language, fluent and expressive, persuasive use of language. Eloquent, E-L-O-Q-U-E-N-T. A bit miffed, a bit miffed, a bit annoyed or disappointed. Uh, This godforsaken pisshole of a nightclub, which is a really great uh, bit of language. I mean, for example, if I went to some horrible nightclub that was playing the kind of music I don't like very loud... I would say, come on, let's get out of this godforsaken pisshole of a nightclub. Um, who in their right mind, so meaning what sane person, what person who is sane, who's in their right mind, who in their right mind compares women to apples? And another saying, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. So before we end here, here's another short clip of James Acaster that I thought I'd play you. Um, this is a famous one that's gone around the internet several times. And this is James Acaster talking about Brexit and tea. The the tea bag analogy. So Brexit is like a cup of tea. How? Well, let's see. So this is James Acaster on a panel show. I think it's Mock the Week talking about um, Brexit and comparing it to a tea bag in a cup. Okay, so. Should you take the bag out or leave it in? Should the UK exit the European Union or stay in? This is the thing. All right, so I'm just going to play the clip. It's about one minute. And how is Brexit like a tea bag? Here we go. I'm going to play it to you and then I'll break it down afterwards. I think at the minute, the whole thing's even more confusing than it has been. That's why all this is going up. The whole in and out thing, I think everyone's finding it difficult. Yeah. In and out is a very hard decision. It's like the other day. My flatmate was making me a peppermint tea, and he said, would you like the bag leaving in? 
or taken out. And it's very hard because if, if you leave the bag in, then over time the cup of tea itself as a whole will get stronger. And it might appear like the bag is getting weaker, but it's now part of a stronger cup of tea. <laughs> If you take the bag out, the tea is now quite weak, and the bag itself goes directly in the bin. Maybe the smartest thing anyone has said in the last two months. Smartest thing anyone has said in the last two months. One of the last three years, almost now. Uh, all right, did you get that? Okay, I'll, don't worry, I'll explain it. So tea and Brexit. So first of all, a cup of tea. If you make someone a cup of peppermint tea, if the bag stays in, the cup gets the, the cup as a whole gets stronger. Now, it might look like the bag is getting weaker in some way, but it's actually part of a good, strong cup of tea. And if you take the bag out, the tea is actually quite weak and the bag goes directly in the bin. So this is similar to Brexit in this way. I mean, do I even need to explain this? Probably not, but I will anyway. So should the UK stay in or go out of the EU? If the UK remains, the EU as a whole, including the UK, gets stronger. It might look like the UK is getting weaker in some way, but it's actually part of a good, strong union of nations. And if the UK leaves, the EU gets weaker and the UK just goes straight in the bin. I think it's quite clever, actually. We do too, Luke. We agree with you. Okay, thank you for agreeing with me. Right, well, that is, that's the end of this episode. And that was my introduction uh, uh, of James Acaster, who you can check out on YouTube, on Netflix. So you've got loads of James Acaster clips on YouTube that you could see. Um, Netflix specials, Repertoire, uh, is the series of Netflix specials that he did um last year you can check those out on netflix repertoire james a caster and also you can read his book which is full of little stories and anecdotes it's called classic scrapes and uh you can get it from any half decent bookshop a classic scrape a scrape is like a difficult situation that you find yourself in so that's it for this episode you might be able to hear my washing machine downstairs beeping very loudly because it freaks out every time it finishes. It beeps so loudly forever. It just never stops beeping. It's like, we've got clothes. Stop what you're doing now. And take the wet clothes out of this machine. Before the world, you know, ends in some way. So I better go and empty the washing machine and do all that stuff. Thank you so much for listening to Luke's English Podcast. Don't forget to download the free Luke's English Podcast app from the App Store. Just search for Luke's English Podcast. You can find all of the episodes and loads of bonus episodes in there too, and bonus content for many of the episodes. Um, And also, uh, subscribe to Luke's English Podcast Premium for uh, English lessons, basically. Um, Episodes where I focus on teaching you vocab and grammar getting specific about the language and also pronunciation drills for your accent. So you can register, sign up for LEP Premium by going to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium and you can get all the premium episodes in the app and also on the website. Thank you so much for listening. I'll speak to you again very, very soon on the podcast. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.